is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Friends, I hope you had a fabulous Christmas with your family and your friends. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. He'll be back with you on Monday. All right, we got a lot to talk about tonight, so I'm going to get straight into it. I've got two headlines for you that I want to read. One of them deals with what's going on in China, and another one deals with what's going on in America. And I want to compare with you how creepy. The similarities are between the Chinese Communist government and their state-sponsored media. They pay for it, they print it, they approve it. And the United States media. Two different headlines. This one about China. China puts on cultural revolution-style shame parade of coronavirus lockdown violators. Chinese Communist Party media confirm that local officials in southern China organized a public shaming session to parade four men in front of the public who had allegedly violated Chinese coronavirus lockdown protocols. What's so funny about the protocols that they apparently broke is those exact protocols are what the Chinese Communist government broke by having a parade of a bunch of dudes being paraded around and publicly shamed. Now, videos of the incident, which were purposely put out and put out by state-sponsored media, began circulating. China wanted you to know what they do to those who do not follow their COVID rules. Now, this happened, and the Chinese Communist Party officials claimed that they had no option but to do this and publicly shame those that broke protocol. The videos show the Chinese Communist Party officials in hazmat suits forcing a crowd to witness their parade featuring four men, also apparently in hazmat suits, but wearing large posters on their chest displaying their faces as well as their alleged crimes. Now, if you are in the large crowd, which is breaking their protocols, okay, And if you were in the large crowd of people that were huddled together to watch the ceremonial humiliation and you couldn't read what was on the chest of the people on the on the placards. The Chinese Communist Party, they had you covered a government employee on a speaker system read out their alleged crimes to the public. Now, this is in China, of course, right? France 24 reported that a local government publication, obviously state-sponsored, confirmed that the event occurred this week. According to the news outlet, the Communist Party accused the men of, quote, human smuggling, illegally transferring Vietnamese citizens into the country through the border with the fellow communist country. And one of the migrants in question reportedly tested positive for the Chinese coronavirus, prompting the public shaming. It was a real-life warning, they said to the public, that you better not break our protocols. Now, the incident drew immediate parallels to the acts of the Cultural Revolution, many of you may not remember, 
what happened in 1968. Back in 1968, the Chinese Communist leadership decided it was time to start publicly shaming people who did not support them. How do they do it? Through lynchings and mass executions. The communists feverishly rounded up anyone deemed a, quote, counter-revolutionary. Now, I want to be clear. This happened in 1968. So not like a long time ago. Okay, there's people still alive in communist China that were part of these 1968 mass executions and lynchings. The communists rounded up anyone deemed a counter-revolutionary. They organized mobs to humiliate the people, beat the people, and then kill them. The government also pressured their citizens to compete with one another for rounding up the most alleged dissidents and torturing and killing them in the name of the Chinese Communist Party. Now, you'll never get a real number out of the Chinese Communist Party. We all know that. But what we do know is estimates suggest that as many as three million people endured the horrible deaths at the hands of these mobs during the Cultural Revolution in China. Where they were parading these men through the city is exactly the same city where some of the most gruesome acts of the Cultural Revolution happened. Including what historians have concluded was, quote, state sponsored cannibalism according to official chinese government documents during one mob lynching in 1968 four alleged dissidents were beaten to death their bodies were stripped of flesh which was taken back to the front of the brigade office that's the government office to be boiled into big pots 20 or 30 people participated in cannibalism right out in the open they boiled human flesh in front of the local government offices so the local government office would be proud of them There's that headline. Quick recap. You found some people that broke your protocol. You parade them in public. You publicly shame them. You have people on blowhorns telling you what their crimes are with pictures on their chest of who they are. Remember everything I just told you. And now I want to read you a headline from the United States of America's media. Now, our media is not supposed to be state-sponsored. Our media is not supposed to be propaganda. Our media is not supposed to be the talking points of the tyrants. I'll let you decide if we have an independent media anymore. Newsweek article that came out today has this headline. And I want you to think about the hate, disdain, and the public shaming that Newsweek is doing on behalf of the Biden administration. You ready for this? Anti-vaxxers invade... New York City Burger King. Let's just break down that sentence. Number one, you have to be an anti-vaxxer if you're standing up for your rights, right? And immediately, they don't know, Newsweek doesn't know if these people were vaccinated or not, that went into protests having to show proof of vaccination in a Burger King. They just assumed it. So therefore, you're an anti-vaxxer. If you stand up for your rights, you're an anti-vaxxer. This, this sounds a lot like being a conservative now, right? Oh, you're a conservative, you're a bigot, you're racist, you're homophobe, you're xenophobe, you're anti-LGBTQ+++++. Oh, you, you, wait, you don't want to show a card that tells us your medical history? Oh, you're an anti-vaxxer. No, I, I, by the way, just so you know, I got the vaccine. 
I got it because my dad almost died of COVID last November. I have his same DNA. I talked to my doctors. My doctors said, based on the fact that my father's DNA, based on the fact that I have asthma, they recommended that I get the vaccine. Based on what happened to my dad, based on how long he was in the hospital, based on the three months afterwards he was on oxygen, I made a medical decision, not a political decision. Now, I say that to tell you that I'm not anti-vax, not that, not that you know, I think any of you are shaming me. I'm just saying I made a medical decision, not a political decision. But I don't believe it's the right or the business of any business slash government agency to force me to show them my vaccine card to go into a damn Burger King to buy whatever the hell their Whopper sandwich is. Back to the Newsweek headline, anti-vaxxers invade. Okay, let's just dial down the crazy for a second. I don't believe that anybody invaded a Burger King. I do believe that people might invade a Chick-fil-A. But I promise you, there's not a bunch of people planning to invade a Burger King. It just ain't that good. Sorry, Burger King, but I've just got to speak truth. I don't believe that anybody is trying to go out there, Mr. Producer, I'm sure you'll agree with me, to invade a Burger King. Now, if you invade somebody, I think we all seem to bring up this point. Doesn't that mean that you're like actively using some sort of military weaponry to invade? If you're a home invader, you're usually bringing a weapon and kicking in a door, right? You're, 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 you're busting through something. You're breaking and entering at bare minimum. These people walked in and, and just walked in. That's not an invasion, Okay, an invasion, and they need to look up what that word means. Newsweek should be able to indu- it, to do this, right? You, 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 you would think, but this is slandering. That's what this is. This is all about slander. You look at the word invasion, okay? Just, just Google the word. I'll give you the basic. If you look it up right now, what is the, what is the meaning of invasion? What does it say? Does it say anything about Burger King? No, it does not. It says an instance of invading a country or region with an armed force is used as a noun. An incursion by a large number of people or things or things into a place or sphere of activity. Well, that didn't happen. It's like four or five dudes. An unwelcome intrusion into another's domain is another way to put it. But if you look at the word invasion, it says an instance of invading a country or region with an armed force. Nobody did that. Here's the example of the word in the dictionary. In 1546, England had to defend from invasion. Back to America's media. Anti-vaxxers invade New York City Burger King. Five people were arrested. Doesn't sound like much of an army to me. Monday night, New York City, after invading a Burger King, invading a Burger King to protest COVID-19 protocols. Multiple videos documenting the ordeal at the restaurant at 417 Fulton Street went online. One video was viewed over half a million times, showed a man yelling to other patrons, though nobody seems to acknowledge him. So let's act like no one cared in the restaurant. Things are normal. So that's another reason to say it was an invasion, right? If a guy walks in screaming in New York and no one cares, is it an invasion? Again, showing you that Newsweek is filled with nothing but propaganda for the Biden administration. A woman and others began shouting at employees behind the counter with an unidentified man yelling, mandates are not laws. Is he wrong? 
let's go Brandon chants, which are meant to, as an incendiary jab towards President Joe Biden, were audible in another video, they say. A spokesman for the NYPD said the arrest occurred at approximately 7.34 a.m. Five men were charged with trespassing after entering and remaining unlawfully inside the Burger King. Okay, so there was an invasion. No army showed up. and It wasn't a large force of people. It was five dudes. Five people, in other words, went into a McDonald's during breakfast, and they didn't leave when the police told them to leave. But, man, if you read this in Newsweek headline, anti-vaxxers invade New York City Burger King. Five protesters arrested. It sounds like there's like five people that were protesting. Did all the protesters get arrested? I'm just asking because that's that's not really an evasion. Let's go back to the China story for a seven a second. China puts on cultural revolution style shame parade of coronavirus lockdown violators. The China headline isn't even as bad and they're communists over there as the American media's headline, which is anti-vaxxers invade New York City Burger King. Five protesters arrested. Pay attention, my friends, to what they're trying to do to us. They're trying to turn people that are standing up for their basic rights into the worst people in the world. They're trying to turn you into a military, an army, somebody that deserves to be arrested. That's what they're doing. They're implying that you deserve what you get. This, by the way, goes back to The other issue, doctors are now starting to say they believe it's time to start rationing care of those who don't get the vaccine if they come into the hospital. That's not all that they're saying right now. They're also now saying that it's time for a vaccine mandate for children in order to create a safe school environment. They're coming for your kids next. I'll have more on that coming up next. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be right back. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Let me tell you what is scary. By the way, I'll get your phone calls. 1-877-381-3811. 1-877-381-3811. You can also send me a message on Instagram, on Facebook, Twitter, Parler, Getter. Uh, what other? Telegram. I'm on all those. Ben Ferguson Podcasts or Ben Ferguson Show. You can send your notes there. 
there is a doctor, Dr. Blackstock is her name, who is on MSNBC. And more and more doctors now are starting to really go down this road because Fauci kind of has, has, has made this, you know, dog whistle to doctors to say it's okay to come out and be political. It's okay to come out and say that every child needs to be vaccinated to go back to school. Like, we want you to say this. And this doctor's on TV. The, the funniest part, though, and I'm going to play for you at this in its entirety, all right, is the fact that the person who was interviewing this doctor on MSNBC accidentally said mass mandates. And the doctor immediately went into declaring we need mass mandates. And then the host says, wait, I'm sorry, I said it wrong. I meant vaccine mandates. And immediately the doctor goes, oh, yes, I agree with that, too. Like, they agree with all mandates no matter what they are. Vaccine mandate, sure, I'll tell you why we got to have that. Mass mandate, sure, I'll tell you why we got to have that. Listen to this. So, yeah, so I actually think that it's not just an indoor mask mandate. You know, we need a multi-layered strategy. I'm sorry, not so, mask yes, mandate. My it, apologies, oh, doctor. Sorry. Or vaccine mandate. My- no, I'm sorry, I, I fault. And she's like, and what's the doctor? Doesn't miss a beat. Like, she is straight on propaganda point. What, listen to the doctor. Doesn't miss me. Oh, oh, don't worry. I got you. I got your host on MSNBC. You wanted propaganda on vaccine on, on mass mandates. Oh, I can give you the same thing on vaccines. Apologies. Yes. Vaccine okay. Mandate. Yes. So exactly. I think in a vaccine mandate. Would be- there it is. Oh yeah. Let's get into vaccine mandates. I'm going to play the rest of this audio coming up. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. Make sure you grab my podcast, Ben Ferguson Podcast, if you like the show today. We'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Love him, or hate him, or really, really hate him. The Great One is on the air at 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. He'll be back with you on Monday. And uh, if you just join us, they're coming for your kids. I was playing for you before the break. Dr. Blackstock, she is a doctor who was asked to come on MSNBC to talk about vaccine mandates. The host accidentally said mass mandates, and the doctor's like, yep, I'll, I'll say we should have those mandates, too. Then the host says, hold on, let me, let me correct you on that one. Wait, I meant to say vaccine mandates for children. And the doctor's like, no problem. I'll give you that propaganda as well. And this is what she said, which if you listen to this doctor and Fauci and others, they are about to do everything they can to take away your rights as a parent, decide literally what chemicals go into your child's body. Now, remember, if stars can get COVID, so can you. This just came out on CNN breaking news. Hugh Jackman shared that he's tested positive for COVID-19. Why are we even running these headlines anymore? This has nothing to do with Hugh Jackman. I like him. I think he's a great actor. 
But why is this now big newsworthy, right? Like, like, seriously, why is this now like a big thing? How is this like something that is even should even be written about at this point? Millions and millions and millions of people are have COVID are getting it. And if you want to be fear mongered even more than that, I've got the fear mongering for you. Oh, yes. Big news story right now. Breaking news. You should be terrified. Everybody should be terrified. Two people every second in the world are getting COVID-19. Dun, dun, dun. That's, that's the big headline. I'm looking at it right now. Now, if you read into the story, it's not exactly true, but who cares? It sounds true, doesn't it? Sounds good enough for me. Sounds like great propaganda. Let's fearmonger everybody. Hugh Jackman's got it. Everybody's got it. Everybody's going to die unless you do what we tell you to do. And that's exactly what the doctor's saying. You've got to get your kid vaccinated. You don't have a right. It would be incredibly important, and not just one for staff, but for students as well. You know, I think there was this narrative that we uh, had seen and heard at the beginning of the pandemic that children are not that affected by COVID-19. But as you mentioned, we're seeing, even in this surge, we're seeing hospitalizations here in New York City increase up to four times. Hold on. Is that four times for children or four times for everybody with covid I, 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 I want to know that, Dr. Blackstock. I mean, you're now calling on the Biden administration to provide free, high-quality masks. You're calling on the Biden administration to have mask mandates for children. And now you're calling on the Biden administration to have vaccine mandates for children. And you just said that, well, we know that kids have not been affected the same way as adults have with COVID, with any of the forms of COVID we've been dealing with. But for some reason right now, you still want these kids to be forced to get the jab. Not just the teachers, the students as well. And then we're in the holiday period. Children are going to be returning to school, right? And schools are not inherently safer. They're safe if we have a multi-layered strategy. Hold on. They're not inherently safer? All right, let's, let's just dive into that. I'm going to call BS, and let me explain why. Is there been massive amounts of outbreaks in schools this year compared to adult workplaces? Because the big outbreaks have not been with kids. They've been with adults. I'm sorry. They're not with children. They're with adults. And the idea that you're describing now that there's some massive outbreak here that's happening. There's some huge outbreak with children. And we're having to shut down schools left and right. The way that you are describing it is absurd. This is not happening. Thank goodness, for some reason, kids seem to be spared compared to adults and those that are older. They get infected with COVID of any form, right? Any variant. But acting as if somehow now that these schools are just places where people are going to die is just not true. It is not accurate. Does it go unchecked by the media? Yes, because they are the ones that are putting out this propaganda. The same way that Newsweek has their headline, anti-vaxxers invade New York City Burger King. Didn't happen. They weren't invaded. There was no invasion. You want to talk about an invasion? Let's talk about Mark Morgan. What did Mark Morgan say about invasion? You may not remember or know that name, so I'll remind you. Mark Morgan is the former acting commissioner of Customs and Border Protection. And he said this week that there is a real invasion in this country. It's at our southern border. How bad is it? Well, he says what we another number that's very important, quote, 600,000 got away. That's 600,000 illegal aliens that broke into our country and invaded. 
And why? Because 60 to 70 percent of our Border Patrol resources are pulled off the front line, pulled off the national security mission to process two million migrants. Morgan went on to say as a whistleblower that none of the migrants crossing the U.S.-Mexico border since Biden's inauguration have been screened as to their vaccination status or tested for COVID-19. That is an invasion, not four dudes in a Burger King. 600,000 making it across the border. That's an actual invasion. But you listen to this doctor, what she just said about kids totally goes unchecked. Think any fact checkers are going to check her? Hell no. Schools, and that includes mass, as you mentioned, but also getting everyone vaccinated, um, as many people as possible. And so we really need to really push out with that outreach and messaging around getting vaccinated is important, even for our smallest. Um, even for our smallest. Your kids need to be vaccinated when they go back to school. Breaking news on the bottom of the screen while this propaganda is going out on MSNBC. Winter COVID surge overwhelming hospitals. Why is that up there when you're talking about kids who are not overwhelming hospitals? Um, you know, and our youngest, you know, children, if, uh, as long as they're eligible in order to create a safer environment. But I-, what is, I love the safer environment. When do the schools become so unsafe? They got plexiglass everywhere, folks. I mean, we got plexiglass all over the place. You got them socially distanced. Our schools look like a form of prisons right now. And there's not any data that shows that a bunch of kids are getting sick at school and then going home and dying or overcrowding our our hospitals or ICUs. That's not happening. So why are you so obsessed with vaccinating our children and taking away rights? Because this is about a power grab, folks. This is 100% about a power grab. That's actually all this is about. It's a power grab. We want to grab as much power as we can possibly grab. And we're going to grab that power as fast as we can. We're going to grab that power, and we're never going to give it back. Because if we can take away your parental rights, then then your children, we own them. They are a part of the government's property. And that is exactly what they are doing. one 381 3811 one 381 3811 Let me get to your phone calls, and I will go to Sheldon. And Valencia, California, welcome. You're on the Marco Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Nice to have you with us. Hi. Hey, hi, Ben. You know, I have a mandate. I think we all do. We've got a constitution. If they give uh, immunity to the manufacturers of the shot, then you get sick and something happens. How can you adjudicate your problem? How can you get indemnity? When the Constitution says I have a right to do that, so they vitiate my right. So I think you could sue for that reason. I'd like to see some legal beagles start putting this together and leverage it. The other thing is, you know, there was, there was, you, you mentioned an interesting point here, and I'm going to expand on this because there were a lot of conservative commentators that I'm good friends with, some of my dearest friends this week, that were celebrating Joe Biden admitting that the federal government does not have an answer to COVID. And you may have seen him say that. Now, a lot of people said, you know, finally, Joe Biden just gives up. And I said to many of them, with all due respect, it's not that simple and don't take the bait. Joe Biden's not giving up when he said it's a state's issue. What Joe Biden understood and what the left understands is they have a better chance of taking away your rights. All right. They have a better chance of taking away your rights 
if they do it state by state. They have a better chance of putting vaccine mandates on you, like the private sector, like New York City, on schools, if it goes to the state, le- state level. And so what Biden was saying was, is, hey, I'm going to give this to the states because liberal states can really crack down how they can start arresting people for trespassing, which is what they're doing in New York. It, it, even if you even if the people if the business that you're in is not it, saying that you're trespassing, the government's now saying it. You know, if you're a business in New York City, you don't have the right to say, let Tom and Mike and Susan and Danny eat in my restaurant without showing proof vaccine. The government is now taking away the rights of the business to decide how and who they're going to serve. Right? The no shirt, no shoes, no service has disappeared. You don't own your own business anymore. That's what we know. You don't own anything anymore. Hell, you don't even own your kids anymore. And so when Joe Biden came out, and he's like, look, there is no federal answer. There, is, there, there, there just isn't, right? There's no answer to this. It's going to have to go to the states. It's going to be a state issue, as he described it. He did it because he realized, I think, the states, they understand. They can come down on you. They're the ones that can nail you. And that's why he said it. He wasn't being stupid. This may be one of the smartest moves the White House has made to take your rights away from you. Grabian. It very well may be. This may be one of the best things that they have ever done to hit you and to say, hey, states, governors, do your thing. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. I'm looking at Governor Sununu on the board here. He talks about that a lot. And it ultimately gets down to where the rubber meets the road. And that's where the patient is in need of help or preventing the need for help. Preventing the need for help. By us mandating that you get your kids vaccinated, that we take control of your business, that we can take control of every aspect of your life. That is why he said it. Don't take this bait. Many people are celebrating Joe Biden. He gave up. No, he didn't. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. I'm looking. That's why he's looking at these governors. He's like, governors, I need you to do my dirty work. There are too many people that are going to file too many lawsuits against me. We're losing every one of them. But if you guys can go state by state, we might be in a different situation. And look at how successful New York and New Jersey and California and Portland and Michigan are. Look at how much they've been able to do and take away people's rights. You guys need to stick with that plan. I'll say I can't fix it, but that means that you guys will have more power to take away people's rights, and then you can really nail society. And the media, we need your help to write these articles like in Newsweek, anti-vaxxers invade a Burger King. No one invades a Burger King. It's just not that good. one 381 3811 Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. You can find me on Getter, on Parler, on uh, Telegram, Ben Ferguson, podcast, or Ben Ferguson show. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
As we celebrate the Christmas season and reflect on our blessings, Hillsdale College thanks you for standing with them as they celebrate over 177 years of blessings. Since 1844, Hillsdale has provided the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has advanced learning and liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive in Primus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know, Hillsdale refuses to take even one penny of government money. This independence allows Hillsdale to focus on promoting its core purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, without government interference. There's never been a greater need for the kind of classical liberal arts education that Hillsdale offers nationwide. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership. To learn more about Hillsdale College, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. All right, so in some breaking news, the British socialite Maxwell has been convicted of helping Jeffrey Epstein sexually abuse teenage girls. The verdict was announced in New York City courtroom where Maxwell has been on trial since late November. Deliberations began December the 20th, halting after Wednesday for the Christmas holiday and then resumed on Monday. Now, just a little side note I want to bring up here. I have not heard, Mr. Producer, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they never offered, the the United States government never offered Miss Maxwell a deal in exchange for names. They never offered her a deal in exchange for names. I wonder why, because that little black book was pretty awesome, if you think about it, right? You think about all the names that were in there. There was a lot of names, a lot of airplane rides with people like Bill Clinton. United States government doesn't offer her a deal for those names? I, I don't have a lot to say about the trial, but I do have that to say, and... You can come up with your own conclusion of, I wonder why. I wonder why they didn't offer her that deal. Because, I mean, there was a hell of a lot of celebrities, a lot of woke liberals out there, if you think about it, whose names were associated with him. I just, I I mean, I'm just saying, you'd think somebody would have said, all right, we'll give you a deal. What do you got? You would think somebody would have said to their lawyers, hey, what do you got? Right, you would think somebody would have mentioned it. Like, hey, all right, tell me what, what you know. That's all I got to say about the trial. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, isn't it? one 877 Let me go to Christine in Charlotte Hall, Maryland. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hi. Evening, Ben. Evening. Nice to talk to you. I just nice want to start by saying... Nice to talk to you, sir. Um, it's really refreshing to have a constant agreeance in everything that you're saying because usually I'm disgusted and I disagree with everything I'm hearing on the radio. So thank you for that. <laughs> I've been saying, yes, yes, that's so right. You're right. And the definition of invasion, I love that. 
Nobody wants to invade a Burger King. No one. I mean, it's just this and, is no uh, different than the Chinese propaganda that they put out, or the uh, the headline that you would read in Cuba or Venezuela or Russia. No, four dudes don't invade anything. Okay, if you look at the definition, they didn't have weapons. They weren't trying to hurt anyone, and they were in a Burger King while it was open. I just want my Whopper, man. I just want my Hershey I mean, pie. There, I don't Chris, even Chris, like see, there's this a, place. There's a lot of places that I would think about invading. Burger King is not on the list of the top 1,000. Yeah. I wish that we would stick a fork in this farce, sir. I'm over it. I've been over it for the last two years. Well, um, Christine, do you have children? Yeah. Yes, then I do. Better... I, have a one, I have a one and three-year-old, and they have been exempt from the mask mandate, so it must not be too scary, is what I thought uh, back in 2020. And um, also getting ready to have my, my second child, I decided I wasn't going to let the stress and fear affect me. And then my elderly grandparents survived. They have cancer and diabetes, and they survived COVID. And um, Look, I'm let me say this. I, I want to be clear because I don't want people to misconstrue my point when I say this to you, okay? I believe that COVID is real. I believe that there are a significant number of people that have died from it. I believe that it can be catastrophic to you depending on your DNA. And I've witnessed it. I've gone to funerals of people who were unvaccinated. I've gone to funerals of people now that, are, that were vaccinated. I have witnessed what COVID can do to a human body with my own father. And watching a healthy man almost come to the pearly gates and witnessed what it did to his body long term for three months on oxygen. I believe COVID's real, but just because something is real doesn't mean because of it, you get to take away my rights to my children. Doesn't mean you get to vaccinate them against my will. Doesn't mean that I lose any of my rights. It's time for us to stand up and start fighting back, folks. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hour two, Ben Ferguson with you tonight, filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. It is an honor to fill in for him as always, and uh, he will be back with you on Monday. want to take you back in time to a big issue that broke out in this country this last year, and it's about to be extremely relevant again. I am going to play for you right now something that you really need to listen to. And I'm going to connect some dots with you. Terry McAuliffe was running for governor in Virginia when he said this. Veto books, Glenn, not to be knowledge about it, also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. I don't think parents have the right to veto books, he says to the moderator. Not to be knowledged about it. Knowledged. Also, take them off the shelves. I'm not going to let parents come in schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. 
Youngkin said you vetoed it. McAuliffe, yeah, I stopped that bill. That I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. You vetoed it. So, yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Now, remember what happened. That was all about critical race theory and and the vile and disgusting books that were being read that were nothing more than sexual propaganda for children. And we all know what happened after that. Parents started finding out what was in their kids' school with critical race theory, CRT. Democrats said it's a lie. It's not true. There's no such thing as CRT. It isn't taught in the Virginia schools. He's creating an issue appealing to racial divides, they said. You remember that guy, Steve Cohen? Steve Cohen is a guy that ate a bunch, a bucket of greasy chicken in Congress, calling a Republican a chicken for not showing up for a committee. It's literally his biggest accomplishment as a congressman was eating a bucket of chicken for a photo op. He went on TV on Washington Journal on C-SPAN. And he actually said this about critical race theory, trying to imply that anyone that believed that critical race theory was being taught in America was insane. We are the we party, and we're trying to bring it about and bring about more fairness and equity. And so many of the people that I hear on the show and I see in the the communities that are not sure about these things and tend to be Republicans, you know, if they analyze these programs, these programs are best for them. Uh, You know, people... The, the man that won the governor of, of Virginia, uh, I understand he's a nice fellow. I had a friend that worked at the Carlisle Group with him and said he was a nice guy. I'm sure he is. But he campaigned to win, and he campaigned and talked about keeping racial, cr- critical racial theory out of the schools in Virginia. was not in the schools in Virginia. I want to keep dinosaurs out of the bathrooms of, 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 of little girls. We don't have dinosaurs in the bathrooms. But I could be a... By the way, this is a Democratic congressman who's a leader of the Democratic Party, Steve Cohen, whose biggest accomplishment is eating greasy chicken out of a bucket in Congress, trying to make comparisons about dinosaurs in girls' bathrooms. Saying that critical race theory isn't taught in Virginia schools, even though we absolutely know that it is. And Terry McAuliffe admitted it was. It's the reason why there's a bill that dealt with it against it and everybody's against it and that's the same thing about this critical race theory in virginia it doesn't exist and 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 uh, in the schools in virginia so he created an issue to appeal to people which is basically appealing to their to their racial animus and their racial prejudices ah there it is have the white guy tell everybody that disagrees with them that you're a bunch of racists if you disagree with him that's probably his second biggest accomplishment as a congressman He knows how to throw the race card down. Now, I play you him to remind you of what Democrats have done to people that disagree with him, specifically parents. And I want you to remember what happened after they tried to tell you that critical race theory wasn't actually being taught when we all know that critical race theory is actually being taught in our schools. What do they do? Well, then there was a letter that was sent, a letter that was sent from the Department of Justice out to everybody in America, all these different people telling you that you need to start treating parents like they're domestic terrorists if they show up at school board meetings, if they organize Facebook groups, or they send 
blunt messages or call their elected officials or they yell at them or they're angry at them at school board meetings that they should be treated like they are a member of Al-Qaeda or ISIS. And then what happened? We saw parents actually getting arrested. And we saw the left say parents shouldn't have a right to decide what is taught to your children. I'm sure they'll tell you that didn't happen either. It did, and we have the audio to prove it. But it's interesting where we are now. Just change the subject. Get rid of critical race theory. And I'm warning all parents and grandparents right now. This is my warning. If there's nothing else you remember from tonight, from this show, I want you to remember this. What happened with critical race theory is nothing compared to what Democrats are about to do to parents. They are moving forward to take away all of your medical rights of your children. And if you disagree with them, they will probably treat you like a terrorist again because they did it over critical race theory. They were mad at you for showing up at a school board meeting and to the point where they said that you were a should be treated like a domestic terrorist if you disagreed with the people that are on the school board. Just really think about that. Now they're coming out saying that your kids need to get vaccinated. Kids and vaccine are the thing that they're obsessed with the most right now. And you, if you think you're going to have a choice, you're wrong. You're not going to have a choice. They're saying you don't have a choice. That kids must be vaccinated. They're saying it all over the place. Lena Wim, she's the one that was in charge of killing babies at Planned Parenthood, said that parents' concerns about COVID vaccine for kids are the same individuals who have gotten the vaccine, who have not gotten the vaccine themselves. In other words, if you're a parent and you got the vaccine, you're unvaccinated, then you're the crazies that are saying, well, I don't want my kids to be not be, you know, to be unvaccinated as well. You're just, you're pushing your values on your kids and that's wrong. All right. Again, I'm vaccinated. I'm not giving it to my kids, not at their age, not at two and a half and five. They're not getting the vaccine. And if you think you can take away my children and take away my rights as a parent over my children, we're going to have a big problem. But this is part of the propaganda that's being put out there right now. This woman who is the number one uh, uh, advocate for ch- for taking away kids' rights in the womb, killing babies. She's former woman at the Planned Parenthood leader. Says that parents concerned about COVID vaccine for kids are the same individuals who have not gotten the vaccine themselves. Listen to this conversation where they are advocating for you as parents. If you're unvaccinated, then you really shouldn't be listened to and you really shouldn't have any rights over your kids. For when, always good to have you here and your insight. So we look at those numbers. I'm curious, we have such excellent data and even what we heard coming out of that independent advisory board on Tuesday of last week as to why they recommended the FDA should authorize this vaccine for five to 11 year olds. It's highly effective. What do you think could move the needle for some of these parents? 
Well, I think the 30% of parents who are the hard no, I'm not sure that we can move them so easily because very likely they are the same individuals who have not gotten the vaccine themselves. And it's unlikely that they're going to then get their kids vaccinated. However, this wait and see group, I'm really optimistic about. I think that many of these parents just want to know. They want a bit more experience with the vaccines. And I actually think that that's okay. I mean, all of us parents want what's best for our children. There are some parents who are extremely eager to get their kids vaccinated. They want to be first in line for a number of reasons. Maybe they have children with underlying medical conditions. Maybe they're in their kids are in schools without masks. Um, maybe they have other risk factors, including maybe they live at home with an immunocompromised family member and they want to protect that family member. I think it's okay to let those parents who are so eager go first. And then that middle 33% who are in the wait and see category, I believe that they will follow. You know, one of the other things that stood out to me uh, in this polling is the fact that, and you know, I know you and I have talked about this. Uh, we've seen Dr. Rochelle Walensky, head of the CDC, say on numerous occasions, there is no data to suggest that the COVID vaccines in any way interfere with a woman's fertility. Uh, 66% said they're concerned the vaccine's impact, about the vaccine's impact on their child's future fertility. The fact that there is such a large number of parents, right, who are still looking at this misinformation. What does that tell you? Hold on a second. Misinformation? Misinformation. All right, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's really, really think about that. Do we have any really good data right now on long-term effects? It, not, maybe not even long, just under five years. We have no idea with this vaccine. And if you're a parent... You should not feel bad for not trusting these idiots. We don't know. And for them to say it's misinformation is not fair. That is propaganda. To say it's misinformation to imply that you're concerned about fertility or what can happen to a child or, or a woman having children and saying it's misinformation, it, you can't make that assumption. You can't tell me without a shadow of a doubt right now that this thing is totally safe when you don't have years of data to back it up. How many different drugs out there? How many different pills out there? They gave originally clearance, said it's safe, here's some side effects, take it. And then all of a sudden, for five years on TV, you see the commercials. If you took this... Call our law firm and we'll get you the money you deserve. I've seen it a lot. Hell, I'm, as a talk show host, I've heard those ads and my radio show for years. Did you take this? Did you have this medical procedure done? Did you have this implant done? Did you have this mesh inserted? They were all, by the way, FDA cleared at some point. Right? They said there was no problem. Take this. And then they found out years later, oh, crap. There is a problem. It took years for us to figure it out, but there's a big problem. If you took this, did this, etc., we see it all the time. But you've got a woman from Planned Parenthood who I'm supposed to be taking medical advice about my kids, and then you see this host here who I know, we worked together when I was a commentator. Saying, well, you know, it's really sad when we see all these parents. You know, you and I have had this conversation. We've talked about this. And there's just misinformation everywhere. 
We've really discussed this before, and, you know, it's just it's misinformation. You cannot say that it's misinformation when we're barely into a pandemic. Two years is not we don't even have what a year of data yet, Mr. Producer, on this vaccine. I promise you there is going to be some sort of side effect at some point down the road. It may be minor, but there's going to be something that we're going to find out. There is always a cause and effect with medicine. We've seen that with aspirin. We've seen it with ibuprofen. Hell, we've seen it with Benadryl. We find out new things. It doesn't mean that someone was intentionally trying to harm you, by the way, when they came out with those drugs. I'm not saying there's some grand conspiracy to hurt you, but to say that it is, it, it is misinformation for any mother who's in childbearing years or trying to get pregnant or any mother who's thinking about saying no to a vaccine for their child when the mortality rate of children is still, by the way, extremely, 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 extremely low. You have a better chance of dying from the flu in this country than you do of COVID-19 if you're 18 or under. Prove me wrong. This is government propaganda, and it's no different than what they're doing in China right now. one 381 3811 Ben Ferguson. You can follow me on Getter, Parlor, all those places. Twitter, Instagram. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Welcome back. It is Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. Nice to be with you tonight and talking about uh, taking away your rights as a parent to decide what's best for your kid with vaccines. Let's deal with just hard facts for a moment. I'm going to quote for you NPR because NPR is like the epitome of, of government propaganda. Your tax dollars are paying for this crap. And every once in a while, I'm actually glad. This is one of those moments. There's very far and few between, but I can literally tell you this is propaganda from the government, right? NPR is not conservative. They're hardcore socialist liberal propaganda. They put out a public health warning February the 2nd of 2021 declaring this. Child psychiatrists are coming together warning that the pandemic may be driving up the suicide rates of children And more children may be dying from suicide than from COVID-19. And this would be at the very beginning of us having the vaccine and when children were not even eligible for the vaccine. Anthony Orr was almost done with high school coursework when the governor of Nevada ordered a statewide shutdown of non-essential businesses in March of 2020. He was looking forward to all the senior activities, prom and graduation, says his mother, Pamela Orr. But all that... But all he got was a mini graduation ceremony with only a handful of students walking, wearing masks and at a distance from each other. That was the most we could do because of COVID, she says. Anthony graduated with honors and as he had planned to wearing a white robe and cap and an advanced honors sash, says Pamela. But he decided against going to college right now. It's all online and you just lose the whole college experience, she says. Instead, he got a job working in construction. His parents thought he was doing fine. He seemed happy to us, says Pamela. He seemed happy. But in August of last year, Anthony died by suicide. Think about this. How much harm have we done to children in this country because of 
the lives we've taken away from them. Think about how much harm we've done. And now they want to do more by saying you don't have the rights to your kids and your kids shouldn't go to school without being vaccinated. And maybe we should send them home, those that are unvaccinated. We'll be right back. conservative fire the mark levin show call in now at 877-381-3811 another headline of propaganda from the news media the new york times yahoo news put out this headline as omicron spreads and cases soar the unvaccinated remain defiant yeah, it's like it's like being in China. While that's going on, COVID enthusiasts are now furious after Biden CDC shortens quarantine requirements. They're all woke and crazy over there. Yeah, they're angry. Woohoo! Yeah, you know they came out with new numbers, right? Not everyone is pleased with the CDC. Their decision this week to quote relax the quarantine and isolation requirements for people who catch COVID nineteen. Hold on a second. If it's the CDC, it's got to be based in science, right? The agency announced that individuals who test positive for COVID-19 now only need to isolate themselves for five days. No, no, no. That can't be true. We must go back to 15 or 12 or 10 because that makes me feel better and it's like a warm hug. The agency announced that no longer do you need a quarantine for 10 days before returning to normal activities while wearing a mask. While wearing a mask? What kind of mask? You going to tell me what kind? Is it the N95? Is it the, the paper one? Is it nothing more than a face covering? Because you guys have been changing your mask requirements a lot lately. How many days do you have to wear the mask for, Mr. Producer? You want to know? Five days. So basically, it is a 10-day quarantine, but they want you to go back to work for five of the 10 days. That's what it really is saying here. And you wonder why people don't believe any of the crap that you say. This is why people don't trust Fauci and why they don't trust Lewinsky and why they sure as hell don't trust Biden. Because the agency basically just announced a 10-day quarantine, but they want you to work for five of the 10 days So because so many people are sick and tired of not having any employees. And the government money's running out. So it is a 10-day Treatment plan, right, or, or, or precautionary plan, but it's only five days at home, and then the next five or more days, you got to wear a mask while you're at work. Anybody want to hang out next to somebody that had COVID five days ago? I, I, am I, the reason why I ask it that way is because it doesn't seem like this move is really based in science, because if it's based in science, why would you need the mask for the five more days, and why would you not specify which mask to wear? My point is they're making it up as they go. I talked about this this week in my podcast, and I I just went through, I had, if I could interview Dr. Fauci, what would I ask him? What kind of mask do I wear and why? And these aren't political questions. How many days do I need to quarantine and why? I want medical data. You're a doctor. Why do we need to vaccinate children if the death rate for children is, is, is extremely low, lower than the flu? Lower than the number of people that commit suicide, their children, because of the lockdowns, based on what we just heard from NPR. Why would we make kids isolate and, and, and socially learn, distance learning, 
if in fact they're not dying at the same rates they die when they go to school and there's a flu outbreak at the school. And then if that's true, then why are kids not wearing masks to school when the flu, when it's flu season? And then my other question, why did we not have a flu season last year, but all of a sudden this year we got a flu season? season? I'm just wondering, were they too busy dealing with COVID to worry about the flu? By the way, the move was welcomed, this move, including organizations, you ready for this, like the NFL. Oh, wait, could it be that 10-day mandates of quarantine were starting to hurt leftist groups like the NFL? The NFL was having a problem getting enough players on the court. The NBA was having a hard time getting players. The NHL was getting having a hard time getting players out there to play these games, which make billions and billions of dollars. You think maybe they put some pressure on Fauci and the CDC to change their guidance so that these players could come back and play the game only after five days, which means they would only miss maybe one or two games? Could it be? No, that couldn't be. Of course not. Could it be that employers were, were and, and liberal employers were putting pressure in places like Amazon and others that, hey, we need to get our workers back faster. This 10 days of quarantine is killing us, man. Because you notice they're still saying you're, 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 you've got a problem for five more days after they let you come back from work or after you go back to work. Because you have to wear the mask. So, so if you're really safe, then the mask part wouldn't matter. Back to the NFL. They're updating their own testing and isolation protocols as a result of the new CDC guidelines. Follow the money, people. The shift in policy represented the Biden administration caving in to big business is another headline that should have actually been written by the scumbags in the media. Again, I went through this in my, I, I, and, and if you want to go back and listen to it, grab the Ben Ferguson podcast, wherever you get your podcast, you can hear this. It was just a basic set of questions I have for Fauci. Are we making policy based on business decisions and based on pressure from teachers unions? And big businesses and the NFL and others, or are we making decisions based on science? Because based on what I'm seeing, Dr. Fauci, it looks like you guys make policy based on who has the best lobbyists that are on your side, of course. Specifically, by the way, some of Biden's far left are pointing to a report from one week ago that Delta Airlines CEO wrote a letter to the CDC director, Walensky, requesting that the quarantine and isolation periods be reduced. Why? Because they were losing billions of dollars over Christmas because people were getting COVID and this variant, and what happened? They were canceling flights at record numbers. I hope some of you guys shorted the stock of Delta and others because you would have made some quick cash. Requirements to quarantine and isolate have been disrupted, disruptive to businesses of all kinds, and have lost employees. But the airline industry has been particularly affected this holiday season. So we find out that the Delta CEO, Ed Bastain, asked the CDC to reduce the recommended quarantine time from 10 days to 5 days for vaccinated people because of workforce impact. Okay, so if I get COVID, is it a different type of COVID because I'm vaccinated, which makes me safer to be out in society because I'm vaccinated even though I just got COVID? That is another question I would like to ask Dr. Fauci. It's not a political one, it's a medical one. Former Democratic congressional candidate Russell Foster said this change has nothing to do with the virus 
or your health and everything to do with the profit of corporations. I, I can't disagree with that. Congrats to airline CEOs on being appointed head of the CDC.gov. Is what another person wrote online. Others went so far as to suggest that Biden CDC was going to get people killed. That group includes former Hillary Clinton advisor. Who asked, what in the actual blank is this? He dropped the F-bomb. With Omicron, we're facing the biggest surge of the pandemic. First, the CDC cuts the isolation period in half. Now, New York City schools will eliminate quarantining. Do they want to kill people? The guy who used to work for Hillary Clinton had to say, New York City schools will reopen next week with more testing, saying, quote, the largest U.S. school system will eliminate its policy of quarantining entire classrooms exposed to COVID starting January 3rd when students return from break. Why? Because they got to get kids back in school and make that money. Follow the money. The district will also ramp up testing to allow asymptomatic students who test negative to remain in school. Here's the latest on the pandemic. The New York Times goes on to write. All right. So another, another person said online, quote, by keeping society functioning, CDC director means that the capitalist urge to work us all to death, literally. Now, I'm not saying I agree with this, but I do think these liberals are making a pretty good point here. This is clearly not about follow the science or following the science. If it were about the science, the CDC's guidance would have said isolate until you test negative on a rapid, a, a, a rapid test, Right. This after the breaking news from the AP. Reporting, CDC has revised their COVID isolation guidelines from 10 days to 5 days. The CDC director said we want to make sure there is a mechanism by which we can safely continue to keep society functioning while following the science. Well, I wish you guys would have used that same advice when you shut down the entire damn country. These people are a bunch of frauds and they're a bunch of scumbags. They're not making decisions based on science. They're making decisions based on what liberal group asks for what when. When you have a CEO of an airline that can literally get the quarantine time to be cut in half, you know it's not based in science. Prove me wrong. 1-877-381-3811. And again, if you want to hear all the questions I had for Fauci, go back, grab my podcast. I'd love for you to keep up with me there. Ben Ferguson podcast. Let me get to your phone calls. We will go to Jeff in Missoula, Montana. Man, I wish I was in Montana right now. I know it's cold, but God, it's gorgeous. How are you, Jeff? Hey, hey it's great to talk to you. Yeah, it is beautiful here. Give me your thoughts hey, on uh, all this. Hey, Ben, I was, yeah, I was listening to you. You played a couple of clips, and that one short one you played with that lady, I think you missed one of the things she said, and and the thing that she said was, parents are trying to force their values upon their kids. Only the unvaccinated. You know, and everything you've been... Whoa, 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 whoa. Only the unvaccinated. If you're vaccinated and you're forcing your vaccination values on your kid, we don't have a problem with that. It's only the unvaccinated that are trying to force their values on their kids. Yeah, that's that's control, right? That's yeah, but it's but, but it's okay to control your kids if you do what the liberal government tells you to do. Oh yeah, that's true. Then it's fine. No issue with that, right? You, if you agree with us and you mandate and you go out there, I mean, it's it, it's almost. I, I don't like the whole 
pictures of people getting vaccinated. I didn't take my picture when I got my shot, and I didn't put it on social media. That's for darn sure. But some of these parents that are posting the pictures of their kids getting a shot, I'm like, did you do it when your kid got the flu shot or any other shot? Probably not. It's sick. Why would you want to take a picture of your kid being uncomfortable and put it out to the world? What, do you think you're like now all of a sudden like an awesome parent? You're some sort of better parent than me because you decided to give your kid a vaccine that we really, for children, one, you could certainly argue medically at this point that it's not medically necessary based on the hospitalization rate and the death rate of children, way lower than adults. Can you and I agree on that? Did I lose you, Jeff? Oh, no, I'm here. I heard it click off. I thought it clicked off on me. No, I got you. I got you. I mean, can we agree on that point? I agree completely with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everything you're saying. It's just, it's these parents that put this stuff out there. I, I look at it, and I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, something is mentally wrong with you that you think you are far superior to me because you've decided to turn your kid into the guinea pig, and it's not based on science. There's no science Amen. involved in what they're doing. None. No, I appreciate no. I, Jeff, I appreciate the phone call. Thank you, sir. one 381 3811 1-877-381-3811. It's Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. You can send me your message as well on Twitter, on Getter, Parlor, Instagram, Facebook, all of those. Telegram will be right back. Mark Levin. All right, welcome back. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. He will be back with you on Monday. And if you just joined us, we are chatting now about uh, the left. They're coming after your rights as a parent, and they really want to get their hands on your kids. Mark Lamont Hill, friend of mine, has a radio show. And he had a, the NIH director on to talk about the risk of the disease versus some uncertainty. And this is what was said, apparently, on their show. Take a listen. The risk of children getting a severe case of COVID is 0.05%. By the way, this is a hardcore liberal. And, and he would be proud, Mark Lamont Hill, of me saying this about him right now. This is a hardcore liberal who said this at the time. The risk of children getting a severe case of COVID is 0.05%. Uh, why are COVID vaccines necessary for children? Well, I'm not sure. By, by the way, I just have to say thank you. Because you notice the way, and Mark's got kids as well. Mark and I have done TV together for years. And he's not thinking about this politically, which is exactly what everybody else in America should be doing, right? You shouldn't be thinking about this politically. We should be thinking about this medically. The question, by the way, that he just asked is not a loaded question. It is a question that every single person should be asking. It is a normal question to ask. It is a question that anyone that is seeking truth or that cares about their children should be asking. This is not a I got you type moment or question. 
Okay, it's not. This is just a normal question. It is a normal question that is a one that's based on medical science. And I'm sure the CDC director at this moment's like, oh, crap, another one of these. But this is not, look, they pick these shows they go on when they think they're a safe place to go. That's the reason why they went on Mark's show, because he's a hardcore liberal. And they thought, all right, well, we can push our propaganda there. Except he came with the facts. The risk of children getting a severe case of COVID is 0.05%. Why are COVID vaccines necessary for children? Well, I'm not sure when you give that percentage that that really conveys what most people are worried about. Is my kid at risk? I mean, go to any PD. By the way, I love I love the response. You want to talk about government propaganda? And again, I go back to you want to know why people don't trust Collins and Fauci and have all these others and Walensky. They don't trust them because they won't give you an honest answer and they give you propaganda. His question that he just asked is a question that every journalist should be asking in America. They're not. And the response that you get from the the, the NIH director is one that is clearly a response that is, well, that's not the message we want to get out, Mr. Hill. Well, I'm not sure when you give that percentage that that really conveys what most people are worried about. Is my kid at risk? Yes, because we go back to fear mongering. That's what the NIH director just did. I got to fear you into forcing you into submission that you need to vaccinate your kid. And if you don't listen to us, we're going to grow weary and tired of you. And then we're just going to mandate it anyway. I mean, go to any pediatric ICU in the country and you'll see kids there with COVID. You'll see kids with everything in the ICU. You fear mongering on the flu? Not right now. You're not. Of whom are on respirators as a result. Fear mongering. Did he answer the question? No, he did not answer the question. And by the way, if if we go out right now to the NIH director and we vaccinate every single child in America, are you guaranteeing right now that there will be no kids that die or no kids in the ICU? That's the question I want to know. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. Make sure you grab my podcast, Ben Ferguson Podcast. We'll be right back. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. So if you want to know how you can be declared an unfit parent, an unfit mother or father, just don't get your kid vaccinated. If you do that, you're unfit. It's that easy. Congratulations. That's all you got to do. You are unfit. Unfit if you don't want to get your kid vaccinated. Now, if you ask any questions, you're trying to push your, chill, your, your, your propaganda as an anti-vaxxer on your child. And doctors are now saying it's a must. Not up for debate, not up for negotiation for you to get your child vaccinated. Now, a guy that I know well, he's a hardcore lefty. So lefty, he even got fired from CNN. That's how lefty he is. Mark Lamont Hill 
had the CDC, the NIH director on his show. And this did not get picked up by the media. That's why I'm bringing it to you now. And he asked the NIH director about the stats. Why are we vaccinating all these kids if it just doesn't make sense? Now, when he says it doesn't make sense, here's what he means. Listen. The risk of children getting a severe case of COVID is 0.05%. Why are COVID vaccines necessary for children? Well, I'm not sure when you give that percentage that that really conveys what most people are worried about. Is my kid at risk? I mean, go to any pediatric ICU in the country and you will see kids there with COVID, some of whom are on respirators as a result. And we have seen 145 children die. Uh, and these are kids between the age of 5 and 11 of COVID-19. Uh, many of them without any predisposing medical condition that would have made you think they were vulnerable. So it may be uncommon, but it's certainly. All right. I have to ask a question about the 145 kids have died. How many kids did you count that really didn't die from COVID, but you counted as COVID? I'll give you an example. There were parents that were whistleblowers about a kid that died because of injuries from a car wreck. Now, he, they apparently tested, and he had COVID, and they put it down as a COVID death. And the parents are like, no, this isn't a COVID death. He got T-boned by a drunk driver. That's not a COVID death. There was another child who had an asthma attack. Ended up costing the kid his life. Couldn't, didn't have an inhaler far away from the hospital. They tested him for COVID. They said it was a COVID death. Parents are like, it's not a COVID death. Don't don't tell me it's a COVID death. We know what happened. He had a he had a asthma attack. Why are you saying this? It's just not true. Why would you say something like that when it's clearly not true? Now, if it's a hundred and forty-five, okay, and and we should all deal with obviously facts here. I, I'm going to do this live on the air. How many kids die? From the flu in the USA each year. Let's just see what it says. You throw that in there. Flu in young children, CDC. Flu is dangerous for children, the CDC says on their website. Flu season vary, vary in severity. However, every year children are at risk. CDC estimates that from 2010 to 2011 season to the 2019-2020 season, flu-related hospitalizations among children younger than five years old have ranged from 7,000 to 26,000 in the United States of America. While relatively rare, some children die from the flu each year. From 2004 and 2005 season to the 2019-2020 season, flu-related death in children reported to the CDC during regular flu season have ranged from 37 to 199. During the 09 H1N1 pandemic, 358 pediatric flu-related deaths were reported to the CDC. From April of 2009 to September 2010, it is noteworthy that among reported pediatric deaths, about 80% of those children were not fully vaccinated. 
Also of note, even though individual flu deaths in children must be reported to the CDC, it is likely that not all deaths are captured and that the number of actual deaths is actually higher. All right. So if we have a year where 199 people die from COVID, do we do we mandate vaccines for those kids to or excuse me from the flu? Did we mandate kids wear masks in schools? The answer is no. When we have a year where 199, they're saying that number is low because not all of them are being reported. Okay, I'm quoting the CDC's website right now. That number's low. They're telling us the number's low, and they're telling us that not all of them were reported. If that is the case, then the number's higher than that. Did we put plexiglass in between all the kids? We didn't. Did we do social learning? No. Did we do the virtual learning, right? No. Did we send kids home and shut down schools? No. Did we change kids' lives in sports during that time? No. Did we make kids stay six feet apart? No. Did we cancel school events and graduations? No. So in other words, COVID deaths are not as high as flu deaths in some years because, again, I want to go back and I want to quote the man. Right? Let's, let's, I, I, think, I think context is important. If you listen to what he said, and again, I'll play the very end of it, listen. Uh, many of them without any predisposing medical condition that would have made you think they were vulnerable. So it may be uncommon, but it's certainly It certainly happens. Okay, it certainly happens. So you need to be afraid. And we have seen 145 children die. Uh, and these are kids between the age of 5 and 11 of COVID-19. All right. So that And that's a tragic number. I want to make that clear. I'm not mocking the number. I'm not downplaying it. I'm not overlooking it. I'm not rolling my eyes. But if we've had a, this going on for two years, and the number is... And we have seen 145 children. Okay, 145 children over two years. Mr. Producer, can you do some math for me? How many is that a year? You do 145, and let's say, let's just round it to 150 because he did this interview on 1125 and no one reported on it. So let's just assume the number's gone up to 150. You do 150 divided by 24, and look at that number. (laughs) Do the math, folks. This thing is not that deadly. You divide this, and it's just not that deadly. We're talking about 75 deaths a year. Less than 199 during a year of the flu. A lot less. We didn't shut down schools. We didn't shut down society. We didn't mandate vaccines, and we didn't mask. We didn't cancel school, go to virtual learning, and we didn't shut down sports. More children have committed suicide, again, go to PBS, during this pandemic from the lockdowns and shutdowns, and children have died from actual COVID. There's a certain point when you have to realize this is not based in science. This is based on government control and propaganda. The same way that a CEO of an airline can say, we're getting our brains kicked in because of your 10-day quarantine rule. And he sends a letter to the CDC and says, we need you to change quarantine from 10 days to 5 days, but say they still got to wear a mask. And they did it. That is a fact. 
The airline CEO sent a letter to the CDC saying this is killing our business and the CDC changed the guidance. So to say that you can go back to work faster, but you still have to wear a mask for five days after you get back to work, which means you're still probably contagious. And if this thing is is hell on earth, as they're trying to say and taking away all your rights in the middle of it being hell on earth, then you have to, again, ask yourself another question. Why do we have a border that's open right now? Why do we have 600,000 illegal immigrants staying, coming across the border, none of them being tested and none of them getting vaccinated? If things are so bad, why is it that we allow that to happen, but everybody that comes in this country on an airplane has to have a vaccination, proof of vaccination? Why is it that we're arresting or threatening to arrest little boys getting pizza at restaurants with their mothers why is it that they're saying it's an invasion when four dudes protest at a, at a Burger King? This has gone, we have gone insane in this country. We have gone totally insane. This is not based, <laughs> in fact, in any capacity. Dr. Mark Segal, Fox News Channel. He said vaccine mandates for kids are just not going to work when he was on Judge Deneen's show. And this was a couple months ago. And he was right then and he's right now. Tonight we close with hypocrisy unmasked. As this week we watched as Joe Biden and his wife emerged from a Washington, D.C. restaurant without a mask. Fox News medical contributor Dr. Mark Siegel joins me now to weigh in on it all. Good evening, Dr. Siegel. Good to have you back. All right, let's talk about the hypocrisy of the CDC recommending that kids continue to wear masks even as they're vaccinated. What is going on? Well, look, they're actually focusing on the wrong thing because they should focus on the idea that the vaccine works and that if kids take the vaccine, they're much less likely to spread it. And they need to get more testing at home, Judge, so that you actually know if you have COVID or not. And let's make sure the teachers get vaccinated. The people that are spreading it right now the most at schools are really, really young children who aren't yet vaccinated. And by the way, crowding kids together doesn't help, mask or no mask. So they got to be practical here. It's not like you go to the back of the room and you wear the dunce cap. We know in schools that that's not the way to teach, is it? It's teaching, learning, exchanging. Instead, there's always this the idea of the ruler. Remember the ruler and the principal? That's what the Biden administration is using, the ruler on kids. Okay. And that's going to get nowhere. Those so, mandates don't work. Okay, so the mandates don't work. So why are we masking kids? They want to vaccinate kids and then mask them. This is this is a negative influence on their on their psychological health, on their emotional health, on their social well-being. What is this all about? It sends the wrong message. It's the message is it's always going to be us scolding you, us bullying you, us telling you what to do. I think that once you're vaccinated, your chances of spreading this are really low, especially kids. And and, and again, there could be exceptions when kids are really close together in schools. But masks are no panacea. And what we're seeing is dictum after dictum, which doesn't work. It backfires. And then there's rebellions. And then there's threats. And then there's counter threats. And then the judge comes in because then there's lawsuits. What we need is public health. Public health is about vaccine and testing and masks if you're unvaccinated, including close quarter. I mean, there's a lot of what he said I actually agree with. 
None of what they're doing right now, though, is public health. It's public mandates. It's put a gun to your head. It's take away your rights. Take away your right to eat where you want to eat, run your business how you want to run your business. That's what it is. And again, you go back to the hardcore liberal line. More kids die from the flu every year, and we're not doing all of these things to stop the spread of the flu. Maybe that'll be next, because when they can control society and they can take control of your children, they achieve tyranny. one 381 3811. And by the way, I don't think there's a lot of vaccinated parents out there that want to vaccinate their kids. I think these parents posting these pictures of vaccinating their kids are a little sick. 1-877-381-3811. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be right back. Mark Levin. tonight from my home studio and i go downstairs to grab something to drink and if you ever do radio you know that you pretty much are addicted to coffee but when you do a show in the evening i'm usually on the mornings and do my podcast in the morning that if if it's late in the evening getting later you probably don't want to be pounding coffee because then you're going to stay up all night so i decided to do the hot chocolate thing can i just vent for 30 seconds miss producer about inflation swiss miss right this is not a product endorsement it's just cheap good hot chocolate right it's consistent you know what it's going to taste like and this cheap good hot chocolate i like it do you know how many packets are in the new box of swiss miss i want you to guess how many do you think were in there originally right like like a year ago it's 12 I looked online just to make sure I wasn't crazy. Then they went to eight, and now the box that I just got, same size box, it has six packets in there. Six. Now, it's still cheap, right? It's still like a buck twenty-nine, but there's half as many packets as there was a year ago buying the same product. If you don't think Biden's ruining this economy, he's even ruining hot chocolate. Yeah. You can stick that on his conscience. I'm fine with it. one 381 Let me get to some of your phone calls. Adam in Erie, Pennsylvania. Welcome. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. How are you, Adam? I'm doing fine. How are you? Good, sir. What's on your mind? Oh, yeah, I was just listening to uh, the uh, hot chocolate statement there. And you're exactly right. I just bought a, a box of Swiss Mist the other day. And it's just like, are you kidding me? It was, it's I like, mean, literally, I six. What... there's six packets in there. I'm like, it used to be a dozen. Then somebody said it's eight after that. They dropped it. And now it's six. There yeah. are six packets in there. That is inflation, folks. In real life, you get half as much for the amount, same amount of money as a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a longtime listener. Uh, I just did eight years uh, upstate. And unfortunately, the only media we get in there was CNN, uh, C-SPAN, and all the other nonsense media. And it's just sickening, you know. They don't. I, uh, my mentor Ron, Mr. Ron Martin, he calls in once in a while. He's a long-time listener, and he gave me the scoop on what Joe Biden's been doing. 
he, he keeps me updated, and he says down in Georgia, they're doing an LGBTQ movement. Let's get Joe Biden to quit. <laughs> <laughs> Throw that on the T-shirt, Adam. You'll make some money. Thank you, sir. Great point. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Let me go to Ted. In Li- oh, Ted, hold on. I'm going to come back to you. In just a moment, I promise you, don't hang up. one 381 3811 Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. You can find me on social media on Getter, Ben Ferguson Podcasts, Telegram, Parlor, Instagram, Facebook. And make sure you listen to my podcast, the Ben Ferguson Podcast. I do it every day. I'd love to keep up with you there. I'll be right back. If you're trying to reach Mark on the air, call him at 877-381-3811. The Mark Levin Radio Show continues. Dr. Fauci has said earlier today that officials, quote, are keeping an open mind. An open mind to domestic vaccine requirements. That's right. Dr. Fauci said public health officials are maintaining an open mind when it comes to the prospect of implementing a domestic vaccine requirement. Although he echoed the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Director Lewinsky by asserting that it is not happening at this particular time. Fauci made waves this week after suggesting that officials are open to requiring vaccines to travel as well on domestic flights. All right. Let's just really be blunt about this. And I want to ask you a sincere poll question. How many of you would bow and concede to getting a vaccine if the government mandated it? Or how many of you would say no? Because there's a lot of people out there that think that they would really, you know, dig in here. Until it becomes a reality that, hey, the government's telling you to do it. And if the government is telling you to do it, are you going to do it? Right? The government's mandating it on you. Are you going to do it? Now, this is also the same guy that's telling you, hey, New Year's, yeah, I probably don't want to do it. I I do wonder, we are approaching New Year's Eve at the end of this week. A lot of people have got uh, events and gatherings planned. And I know you said it's okay to be with friends and family if you're vaccinated and boosted. But what is your advice to people about larger settings for New Year's parties? Uh, Caitlin, I would stay away from that. I mean, I, I have been telling people consistently that if you're vaccinated and boosted and you have a family setting in the home with family and relatives. But when you're talking about a New Year's Eve party, we have 30, 40, 50 people celebrating. You do not know the status of their vaccination. I would recommend strongly stay away from that this year. There will be other years to do that, but not this year. Other years to do it like last year? And if this thing's going to happen indefinitely, you guys are going to keep us masked on airplanes indefinitely. And you're trying to take away people's ability to travel Think about what this is going to do to work, right? I mean, really, think think about what this is going to do to people who work, who need to be able to go somewhere. The CDC director, Lewinsky, says shortening isolation guidance was partly due to what Americans, quote, could tolerate. So we're not making decisions now based on medical advice. We're making decisions based on what Americans can, quote, tolerate. 
Now, there's 70 million Americans, if my math is right, that are eligible for a vaccine that have not taken it. And I may be wrong. I, okay, this is just quick math here. Okay, this is just quick math. But if I'm looking at it right, 70, let's just call it 70, 80 million, all right, Americans are eligible for vaccines, but they are not taking them. You're going to take away all of their ability, those 70, 80 million Americans, to fly on planes is what they are now talking about. They believe that that is what is next. And they know that a lot of people need to fly. Fauci said the U.S. should, quote, seriously consider vaccine mandates for air travel, but don't expect it to happen, quote, anytime soon. Well, is that what, what is your definition of soon? A week from now? Two weeks from now? You know, these new CDC guidance, is it, is, it, is it emotion or is it science? Is it big business telling the administration and telling you you need to bow to them because they got to make some money and a profit? Which one, which one is it? Because it seems like we're not making any decisions anymore based on science. It's based on public opinion and even, I guess you'd say, propaganda. So cancel New Year's and you might not get to fly very soon. Requirements for vaccination, domestic travel should be seriously considered. It is coming. I re- Remember this moment in time. I am telling you right now, they are going to make you show proof of vaccination to get on an airplane. It's just a matter of days. What is the quarantine for people who have been exposed? Dr. Fauci, good morning. It's uh, Jonathan Lemire. Great to see you uh, as always. Over the weekend, uh, you signaled some support for a vaccination requirement for domestic travel, saying that it would be another incentive uh, to get people to get vaccinated. Obviously, to this point, U.S. requires it for international travelers, but not within the United States. Uh, On that subject, will you recommend to President Biden... And, And by the way, that's a lie, just so you know. You can come across the border without a vaccine. You just walk across the southern border. 600 plus thousand have made across the border without getting caught. And we have no idea how many of them are infected. And that doesn't seem to matter because the infection is fine because the illegal immigrants that come across are helping the Democratic Party. So it is not an issue, not a problem. And you just need to move forward with it and stop asking questions. Now, if you fly in the country, we have strict rules. If you walk across the border, break in, don't show any form of identification you are good to go. So let's not act like we have strict standards. We don't. 600,000 can invade this country, and that is the actual term, invade. And we won't check anything, including if you have COVID. There should be a requirement for vaccination for domestic travel. You know, I'm not going to tell you that for the simple reason is that I don't want to be publicly telling what I'm recommending to the president, because if then the president doesn't do it, I don't want to make it look he's going against it. The president takes all recommendations, all discussions. And as a group, we make a decision about what's best to do. There are pros and cons to that. I mean, you've got to ask yourself why it is you're making that requirement. If you're making a requirement for vaccination for people to get on planes who are coming into the country, that's understandable. You don't want to bring more cases into the country. But if you're talking about requiring uh, vaccination oh, to on, get on, on a plane. Whoa, 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 whoa. Can we back that up? Wait, let's listen. So you don't want to bring new variants in the country. Wait, listen. If you're making a requirement for vaccination for people to get on planes who are coming into the country, 
That's understandable. You don't want to bring more cases into the country. But if you- well, then why have you not secured the border? Why, if what you're saying is true, then then you would have to secure the border because otherwise you'd have a whole bunch of variants coming across the border. You're talking about requiring uh, vaccination to get on a plane domestically. That is just another one of the requirements that I think is reasonable to consider. And I think that's what you're talking about when you heard me make a comment. You know, there's requirements that you might want to get if you want to get into college or you want to go to a university or you want to work in certain places. When you make vaccination a requirement, that's another incentive to get more people vaccinated. If you want to do that with domestic flights, I think that's something that seriously should be considered. But he's not going to telegraph to you what his recommendation is to Joe Biden. Right. Because you just did. Sit back and imagine in this country adding 70 to 80 million people to literally the the, the equivalent of a no-fly list. The same type of no-fly list that we have for actual terrorists. Even though you didn't commit a crime. All because those people chose to make a different health care decision than what you believe they should make. No crime has been committed if you don't get vaccinated. Not yet, anyway. That could change. But as of right now, no crime has been committed. And you're going to take away people's right to fly, put them on a no-fly list, just like a terrorist, just like Osama bin Laden, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the mastermind of 9-11, or any of these other guys, and you will be on a no-fly list because you didn't concede to what they demanded. And all they demanded was that you give over all of your rights. And once you do that, then you will be in compliance, and then things will be just fine. Now, if you fight them, you lose your rights. All of them. Not some of them. All of them. one 381 3811 one 381 3811 Let me go to Sean in Idaho Falls. Welcome. You are on the Mark Show. Ben Ferguson with you tonight. Hi. Hi, Ben. I was actually calling about some comments earlier um, regarding the whole Christmas conversation. There's no such thing um, as inflation. It's I, fine. Biden's in charge. We got it under control. I don't know what they're talking about. When I wake up one day and my chicken sandwich is a dollar and the next day it's a dollar thirty nine. That to me calculates thirty nine percent inflation. But it's happening look, across look, the board. This is, I mean, you know, you look at last year and just looking at basic inflation. If you made fifty thousand dollars last year, your buying power this year is forty five thousand. Your fifty thousand last year is only really worth forty five thousand in today's dollars based on the inflation numbers. And that next year, that fifty thousand salary will be worth probably more like forty to forty one thousand if we stay at the same pace we're at right now. Which means your buying power reduced by ten grand. That's the simplest way I can explain inflation to people. You could buy five thousand dollars worth of crap more last year than you could this year because of inflation. You're welcome. That is called Bidenflation. 
Yep, and not only are they raising the prices, but they reduce the product size, like you said, like was mentioned in the Swiss Miss uh, thing. Cereal boxes. Go look at cereal boxes. We bought a box of cereal the other day. I've got three boys. Okay, we go through some food in this house. My dad and mom were in town for for you know the holidays. We open a box of cereal, and in one sitting, it was gone. And I went over the box. I'm like, what? I've never. That's never happened. I mean, my kids aren't in high school. Okay, they're five and twins. Are you know two and a half. And I looked at the box, I'm like, I had a box cereal, my wife did, my three kids did, my dad did, and the box was gone. Well, the box got smaller. I went and Googled the box online, and the box that we normally get, I think it was 16 ounces, and this one was like 10.6 ounces. It got smaller. I do Christmas baking, and, you know, a lot of the recipes I use have a standard size, 12-ounce box of cereal or 14-ounce box of cereal. Well, I can't get that 12-ounce box of cereal anymore. Now I have to buy two boxes to get that 12 ounces because the box is, like you said, 10.6. <laughs> I feel like, um, what was it, Steve Martin, when he gets when he goes to jail over the hot dog buns and the hot dogs and the, the father of the bride, that's me with a Swiss myth today. I'm like, it, it, this, is a, this is a grand conspiracy against us. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Good to talk to you, and I appreciate the phone call. Ted in Lynchburg, Virginia. Good evening. You're on the Mark Levin Show with Ben Ferguson tonight. Hi. Hey, kudos to Mark to have you on as a guest host. You're doing a great job. I really you, appreciate sir. your work. Thank you. I hey, appreciate that. Uh, one, one comment about inflation. I was unlucky enough to live through the Carter inflation, and when I bought a new car in 1980, it had a 22% interest rate on it, and I had good job and good credit. What was, the house, what was your house interest rate back then? Oh, you couldn't buy a house. You had to buy it on a contract. Uh, we were in Hawaii, and uh, there were no mortgage loans available. None. Yeah. And if you, you, and you a lot of people had to buy a house they didn't even like just to assume a VA loan, because that was the only way they could uh, afford homeowners. You could assume ownership. some of those, but there weren't that many around. You had to sign a con- It was a contract, basically a seller finance deal. That's the only thing that was available. Wow. There were no, there were no, no, no savings loans or banks were making any house mortgages available. They were, the money wasn't there. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, anyway, so you ain't seen nothing yet. Wait until you go out and want, want to buy a car if you can find one and you're paying 22% interest. I mean, that'll really well, look knock at, your Look at used off. cars right now. I'm driving a car right now and I've got, I've had the itch for a little over a year to get a new car. I'm a, I'm a car guy. And I just stopped looking recently because the price of used cars are up 30 40% year over year. And I know it's going to have to come down at some point, but I'm not going to do it now. I'm not going to waste my money now. I'm not going to pay that much of a premium for a used car. I mean, my, even I, w- I was talking with my wife today. I was like, look, we, we need to get you a new car at some point, right? We have a, it's, an, it's newer, but we put a ton of miles on it. It's the family car. When the family goes somewhere with three kids, we take the family car. And it's got like 86,000 miles on it. And I'm like, this is insane. We would have traded this in six, eight, nine months ago and gotten something different, except you can't find anything. I mean, you, you literally can't find a nice car right now that is affordable in the used sector. Because I was like, well, I'm not buying a new car. That's just call me old school principal. I just, I, I don't do it. Hey, the reason I called was I disagree with you about Biden saying it's a state issue. I think that's going to energize people. Remember the American Revolution? The states that were the, the, you know, the colonies that were the most up in arms against the king were the ones with the most draconian governors. So I think if these blue state governors go crazy, that's going to drive those states 
into the red column, and I've just, I've seen it before, and I think we're going to see it again. I so if he they, they've Look, lost. I, their I hope you're right. I do, but what I but what concerns me, okay, is that these leftist governors and cities are going to take away so many of your rights between now and the elections. And some of them aren't going to be up in the midterms because if you vote a bunch of congressmen out and a bunch of senators out, but the states are cracking down on you, does anything really change up for you when it comes to your rights with with COVID and vaccines and mass mandates and everything else? Probably not. It's going to be like the school boards. I think people are going to rise up at the local level. That's where our votes count the most. That's where we have the most power. We have the least power over the federal government. And if he kicks this back to the states, I think this is a great opportunity. I think it could even be a an engine behind uh, Mark Levin's idea about a convention of states. I think that well, that's I, look, I, I, if there's anything, and, and Mark has been a faithful marathon runner for a convention of states. And there are more people now talking about it than I would argue any time in my career. I've never had as many people ask me about Convention of States, what it is, how it works, how things would get done. And, and if there's anybody that's been sounding an alarm for, for, I would argue, decades, it's been Mark. And it may just have an impact. I appreciate the phone call. Thank you, sir. one 381 3811 Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. It is the it is uh, Demarco Vincho Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. I want to say as always, thank you to the staff and the team here for allowing me to fill in for Mark. He'll be back with you on Monday. I would love to keep up with you guys uh, as well. So if you uh, listen to podcasts, grab my podcast, Ben Ferguson Podcast. I do one each and every day. I'd love to keep up with you that way. Also on social media, Ben Ferguson Podcast on Getter, uh, on Parlor, on Telegram, etc., uh, Instagram, and Facebook as well. Uh, so grab us there. All right, I want to get straight back to your phone calls. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Let me go to Dan in Rockport, Illinois. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Hi. Hi. Great job, Mr. Ferguson. Um, I just you. like to say that. I like how they replaced the word uh, from mandate. So they're calling these incentives to go to university if you get if you get the vaccine. So Dude, I'm not trying to cut you off. I literally apologize. I'm out of time, but you're right. It's a, it's a mandate. Over and over again, they keep saying mandate, 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 but they act like it's not a mandate. It is a mandate. See you back here again, real soon. 